This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 6, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Medicare is a gargantuan federal program, and if it is to be saved, as Democrats and Republicans both claim they want, reform is the only option. Michael Tanner, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, discussed Medicare at a recent Cato Institute e-briefing. This is an election season. Uh, you might have noticed the Disneyland in Tampa that going on down there, and I guess we've got another one in North Carolina coming up in a, in a week or so. Uh, and one of the primary issues uh, from all the TV commercials and all the commentary is Medicare and the question of Medicare reform. Now, politicians being who they are and political campaigns being what they are, uh, it is probably uh, asking a little much to get uh, too much subtlety and too much depth in the discussion of an issue like Medicare reform. But I, I would have hoped that we might have at least gotten a little bit of honesty uh, when it came to Medicare reform. And so far from what we've seen uh, in the campaign, we've seen a lot of pandering and not very much uh, truth telling. Uh, so let's uh, talk a little bit about what the various campaigns have been saying and then we can hear from you and some of your questions on this. Uh, first of all, I'd like to put Medicare reform into a little bit of context and the whole question of why we need to reform Medicare. Uh, last year, just last year alone, Medicare ran a shortfall of about $200 billion. Uh, that is, it spent about $200 billion more on benefits than it took in in, in revenue. Uh, Overall, uh, if you want to look going forward, the most optimistic scenario for Medicare, the one that the administration touts as being its best case scenario, shows that Medicare will be running a deficit of about 38 to 39 trillion, that's trillion with a T, dollars. Uh, more realistic expectations by other analysts, including those here at Cato, we, we think that the real shortfall could be somewhere in excess of, oh, say, $90 trillion. And, uh, you know, a trillion here and a trillion there, and pretty soon you, you have real money. Uh, the reason for this is pretty simple. Uh, the average American, over the course of their lifetime, will pay in about $150,000. Uh, for an average two-earner couple, they'll pay about $150,000 in Medicare taxes over the course of their lifetime, and premiums and, and other contributions to the program and they will receive out about $350,000 worth of benefits. So they'll get back about $200,000 more in benefits than they pay into the program. At the same time, the number of recipients in the program is growing because we have an aging population. So more and more people are, are getting uh, benefits. At the same time, of course, they're getting more benefits than they pay in. This really is one of those cases where you lose money on every transaction, but you make it up in volume. Uh, so we're facing this enormous crisis in Medicare, and what do we have the candidates saying out there? Well, we can start with Mitt Romney and, and Paul Ryan. Uh, we hear a lot about the Ryan plan, but right now the candidates themselves are actually going around the country complaining that Barack Obama has cut Medicare spending by $716 billion over the next 10 years. Well, the first thing we should know about this is this is a cut only in the Washington sense. Medicare spending is still going to go up over the next 10 years. They've just reduced the rate of growth. 
And it seems a little silly. Republicans for years have complained that every time they reduce the rate of growth in a program, they get beat up by the Democrats for making cuts. They've always complained about this. Now they're doing the exact same thing, so there might be a little hypocrisy right there. And one might say that, given the fact that Medicare is $38 trillion in debt, cutting $716 billion would be a good thing, uh, one that maybe Republicans should be applauding instead of criticizing. Now, not, that's not to say that the president has been entirely honest about this $716 billion in cuts. There's been a little bit of, of wordplay there. Uh, you know, for example, the president uh, notes the fact that he's making $716 billion in cuts, but it's not going to affect seniors at all. He's going to cut all this money out, and it's not going to have any effect on beneficiaries. Well, it's true, of course, that he's not actually cutting benefits. What he's going to do is cut the payments to Medicare Advantage programs, for example, uh, that about one in five seniors is currently on, which is going to drive those programs out of business. So seniors will have to fall back into traditional Medicare. They're not really losing a benefit, but they're, but they're being affected, certainly. And even more importantly, he's going to squeeze the reimbursements that healthcare providers receive, the doctors and hospitals. It's going to cut how much Medicare pays them. And he says, see, that's not actually affecting seniors. Unless, of course, you want to try to find a doctor or a hospital to go to. Medicare's own actuary suggests that about 15% of all hospitals will end up closing as a result of these uh, reductions in reimbursements, and that it'll become increasingly difficult to find doctors who will continue to take Medicare patients. So there's certainly going to be an impact on seniors as a result of these reductions. And second, the president points out that he has extended the life of the Medicare trust fund by about eight years. But this is just silly Washington bookkeeping. We know that when the extra money goes into the trust fund, uh, it simply buys government bonds, and the money used to buy those bonds is used to finance other aspects of the general government, in this case, particularly to pay for Obamacare and all the subsidies that exist under Obamacare. And then that money's gone. And someday, when the bonds come due, the government will have to repay them out of general revenue. In essence, you can't spend the same money twice. You can't use the money, the $716 billion in cuts, you can't use that to extend the life of the Medicare system and also use it to subsidize people under Obamacare. That's simply dishonest accounting. Lastly, let's look at the actual Ryan and, Obama, uh, Ryan and uh, Romney plan. Now, the president keeps saying that this ends Medicare as we know it. Well, that's a little bit like saying the Carpathia ended the Titanic's voyage as we knew it. You know, if Medicare is going broke, it's going to end as we know it one way or another. Uh, so simply blaming the Romney and Ryan for that, I think, is a little bit disingenuous. The actual Romney-Ryan plan is essentially this. They wouldn't make any changes to the program for seniors age 55, actually anyone at 55 and older. So people who are currently on the program and people who are getting close to retirement would not be affected in any way. In fact, they would even repeal the changes under Obamacare that the president includes for current seniors. Now, given that Medicare is going broke, one might think that current seniors actually should pay a little bit. But they're not going to under the Romney and Ryan plan. Then what would happen is that they would allow people who wanted to remain in the current Medicare program to do so. Even though the program's going broke, they say people can stay in that current program if they want to. But if people wanted a choice, what would happen is that insurance companies would bid. Each, in each sort of geographic area, 
all the insurance companies who wanted to participate in Medicare could put out a bid of how much they would charge to offer a basic package of benefits. So let's say that in your area, one company was going to charge $1,000 a month, another was going to pay, charge $1,200 a month, and a third was going to charge $2,000 a month. The government would then give you $1,200 towards those insurance, the second least expensive of the bids. You would get enough money to cover that. If you wanted to buy the cheapest plan, you could put the extra $1,000 plan in this case, you could put the extra $200 in your pocket. But if you wanted to buy the more expensive plan, the $2,000 plan, you'd have to put in $800 of your own money along with the government's support in order to buy that plan. So you'd be able to pick and choose, and the hope from Romney and Ryan is that this would drive down costs, the competition would drive down the overall costs of Medicare. What people fear is that over time, those, that support payment for that cheapest or second cheapest plan, that wouldn't be able to offer the same level of benefits that Medicare does today. And therefore, people would end up having to pay more out of their own pocket if they wanted that same level of benefits that Medicare provides right now. Well, duh. Medicare can't pay for the benefits it offers today. So of course, in the future, people are either going to have to get less or pay more. In fact, both the Romney-Ryan plan and the president's plan have exactly the same targets in the future for, for the growth of Medicare, about the same rate of growth as the economy plus half of 1%. They plan on exactly the same growth path for Medicare. How do they get there? The president wants to do it from the top down with sort of government-imposed restrictions on reimbursements and government sort of efficiency planning. Romney and Ryan would do it from the bottom up, essentially by having consumers pay more and therefore make more value-based decisions. But it ends up sort of in the same place. And the sad fact is, in neither case do they bring the system into balance. So we've got a long way to go in this campaign. I'm really worried that all the pandering to seniors is actually just poisoning the well for the type of really tough choices that we're going to have to make in the future. Michael Tanner is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work on entitlements at Cato.org.